As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to 5000 to 1, the Athletics Leicester City podcast. I'm Rob Tanner. Join me as ever, former Leicester City captain and legend, Matt Elliott. How you doing, Matt? I'm good, Rob. Thank you very much. And uh, big weekend for Leicester City, wasn't it? Didn't quite go to plan, but uh, plenty of talking points, that's for sure. Absolutely. We'll be uh, touching on the, the Liverpool defeat, previewing Braga, looking at Ricardo Pereira's return and talking about injuries and the retirement of uh, the cult hero, Martin Vasilevsky. We'll have a little chat about him. Before we get going, though, just like to let you guys know, to celebrate Black Friday, we're giving you the chance to subscribe to The Athletic for our best ever price. It's just £1 a month for a full 12 months and you can cancel at any time. So you can access all of The Athletic all year long, including all of our our podcasts ad-free. We'll bring you unrivaled Leicester coverage for an unbeatable price and we won't be running a better deal anytime soon. This offer runs from Black Friday for just one week up until the 4th of December, so don't miss out. I'm almost, I really enjoyed writing some of the features and speaking to some of the characters around the game. I mean, the Matt Piper story was particularly dark, but then going over to New York and seeing Christian Fuchs's prison and uh, doing all those sort of crazy things and uh, going down and meeting Ben Chilwell's former coach coaches and uh, it's been real fun and also doing the podcast with you mate well very nice of you to say so Rob and that uh, feelings mutual may I add yeah no it's, it's been it's been really enjoyable uh, time uh, with, with our conversations and uh, as as is the case this week as well that there's always plenty going on yeah, and we've had some good shows as well, haven't we, Matt? We've had uh, we had Dean Hammond on, remember, talking about his time at Leicester City and uh, the podcasts are all there. Uh, go to theathletic.com forward slash Leicester pod. That's theathletic.com forward slash Leicester pod and pay just £1 a month for 12 months. This offer is for new subscribers only. Right then, Matt, let's kick off the show then. Liverpool, we gave it a big build-up last week. We talked about <laughs> 20 years without a victory at Anfield. Recalled the time you scored at Anfield as well. And we thought they had a fantastic chance with all the injuries that Liverpool had. Admittedly, uh, Leicester had injuries as well going in, but they were made the best start to a top-flight season in the club's history. We were anticipating uh, a real close battle, but it wasn't that close in the end, was it? No, not at all, really. And uh, maybe when are we going to learn our lesson where Liverpool are concerned? But you can't help but 
get carried away at, at the time or certainly excited by the prospect of, of Leicester going up and um, challenging themselves against the mighty Liverpool, you know, especially when just this season they've gone away from home and um, four great results on the trot, West Brom, uh, Man City, Arsenal away, Leeds away. And there was genuine belief, wasn't there, that especially with the, uh, the injury situation for the home team, that Leicester could really go and upset the odds there. And, but it didn't materialise. And not for the first time either. I think last season at Anfield, um, although it was only a very late, dubious penalty decision that tipped it Liverpool's way, they were very impressive on the day. Leicester did well to hang in and make a little impression in the second half. And then they got a bit of a tanking at home at the King Power. And you realised just how good a side that Liverpool were. Um, not a lot has changed since then, really, has it? And I think um, lots of sort of details to discuss within it. But the, the general picture for me was Leicester were off their game. You know, they needed to be on top of it to give themselves any chance, even against a depleted Liverpool. But how good were Liverpool? I mean, Leicester didn't perform, that's fair enough to say, but Liverpool were a large reason that Leicester weren't able to play as they would have liked. They're, they're, they're so energetic, so powerful and athletic, as well as technically superb. That was the word that uh, I was thinking, power. They were so powerful, Liverpool. I mean, Leicester's game plan would have been similar to Man City, uh, similar to Arsenal, break the initial press, then you've got the space then to, to play into and, and counter-attack. But every time they did break that first initial press, there was a second press, then a third press, and they just yeah. got smothered in the game. And sometimes you just got to hold your hands up and you, and you can pick bones about tactics and personal performances. But sometimes you come up against a side that are just better than you. And I thought that was the case at Anfield. I thought it was a lesson for Leicester. But as you say, you know, they've had a few of these lessons before. Have they learnt those lessons? Um, because they've had little hangovers after the on the back of those defeats in the past. Certainly after the, the drubbing at King Power Stadium, their form went very indifferent uh, after that because that was a quite an important part of the season. They were flying high, then got that humbling defeat. Um, so hopefully... Um, they can bounce back quickly this time and not have that hangover. And starting with Braga on uh, Thursday night in Europa League, top of the group, 100% record again, similar in terms of the form going into it. But it takes on a different context now. I know they've got the group under control, but in terms of bouncing back after that defeat and getting themselves up and running again, it's going to be uh, an even more important fixture. There's been a lot of talk about you know learning from performances, etc., and the second half pretty much of, of last season really and hopefully there will be evidence that that's the case uh they, they can take heart from the fact that way the way they responded after two successive home defeats to west ham and aston villa earlier in the season um you know where after a, a very bright and promising start those two defeats people were saying oh, okay you know this is a bit more of a um realistic uh, outlook on, on proceedings, but then they went on another super run, didn't they? Top of the Premier League, as it was before last weekend, top of the Europa League as it stands now. And yeah, everything was flowing swimmingly, wasn't it? But um, yeah, a little, little bit of a short, sharp shock against Liverpool. But I mean, the, you know, I, I don't think you can criticise Brendan Rodgers for that, but especially when the way they played against the other teams earlier in, in the league. It was just the level of performance. They weren't at it. And Liverpool just pressure and crush you into submission don't they really and add, add on top of that the quality they've got but the game's coming up yeah listen um quick turnaround 
I think the players will be thankful for that, despite the, the heavy load in terms of fixtures. That They were coping pretty well with the player rotation, weren't they? Thursday, Sunday uh, fixtures. And they'll be looking to slide back into that groove on Thursday night, won't they? With the knowledge as well that they've given Braga a real trouncing once already. Not to say it will be you know, as, as uh, straightforward as it was at the King Power over there in Portugal, but they know that they've got the beating of Braga. And it's an ideal opportunity, isn't it, to go and get their confidence back, get the game back flowing and into a rhythm and also um, finalising qualification, you know, through to the knockout stages in the Europa League, which will also free up opportunities and give a bit more scope in terms of team selection for the remaining two games. Exactly, and they've got a few players coming back from injury as well, which are going to help that. Although Castagna yeah. uh, felt it, uh, he's a little hamstring problem again. He trained last week, so he's not going to be uh, travelling to Braga. We were told, uh, but looking ahead at Fulham really on the Monday night for his uh, comeback from an injury. But a few others are starting to come back. But there was some big news this week, some great news. Ricardo Pereira, who uh, picked up an ACL injury back in March, start of March, just before lockdown. And he's been out ever since battling back. But he's made his return in the under-23s. A 2-1 win over West Ham United. Uh, he got 58 minutes under his belt and they took him off. That, But uh, apparently he's, do he's doing well. Uh, it's been a long road back. Because we, we, we didn't realise the severity of the injury right at the time. And I don't think Brendan Rodgers did until they'd had the scans done and they realised it was an ACL injury. Now, going back a few years, that would have been you know, career-threatening sort of injury. I remember yeah. Paul Gascoigne was probably the first one I ever heard of. And there was a lot of doubts about whether he could come back. But what's it like to come back, uh, to have to build yourself back up after an injury like that? I mean, cause it must be so frustrating. You're not only, you're not able to play on a, a Saturday. You can't be out with the lads having the banter and that on the training ground as well. You're on your own in the gym, working hard. It must be really tough. Yeah, it certainly is. And uh, firstly, well done to Ricardo for uh, you know, getting back to the stage he's at and uh, hopefully won't be too long before he's back in first team action. Um, yeah, a, a chance with the development squad, as you said last night, and um, minutes under his belt, but it's still going to be a little bit of a process before he's properly back flying up and down that right flank um, as he was uh, those eight, nine months or so ago. But um, it, it, was, it was even more golden, really, because it was seemingly quite an innocuous challenge, wasn't it, that you know that he received the injury with and devastating news uh, for him as an individual and a big blow for Leicester, isn't it? And especially when uh, I think, you know, despite Leicester coping well with the injuries, there, there is a little bit of that imbalance, isn't there? You know, James Justin is flipping from left to right and Mark Albrighton's not a an orthodox um, wing-back, certainly full-back. But, um, yeah, it'll be a welcome return. Um, hopefully not too far away when he comes back. But in terms of, um, yeah, the rehabilitation, sort of the mental side of it, I think, more than the physical, isn't it? Although... You know, some players do have sort of difficulties coming back, um, even on seemingly relatively straightforward injuries. There can be complications. It's hugely frustrating. At the end of the day, you know, that's what you've, what we've, what, what you've, well, what you've done as a young kid, isn't it? You know, all through your career, and you just want to play games as many and as much as possible. And being denied that opportunity is hard to take really um especially when you can see some occasions people coming into the club you know maybe new signings or people coming through from 
um, the reserves as it was back in my day, or the development squad now, and cementing a place within the team. And in your absence, there's nothing you can do about it, and it can have a, a huge effect on you, really. So, um, even when you're out for a little, a short while, never mind a long period. But uh, I was pretty fortunate with injuries. I was out once for three months with a medial ligament, and tweaked it against Derby, and once with a. Uh, I fractured the, the outside metatarsal in my right foot, which was out for three months. We just got back into the Premier League under Mickey Adams. He was looking to maybe replace me, to be honest, but I managed to get myself fit in pre-season, played the first game and just broke my metatarsal in training in, in, totally innocuously. Uh, I was out for three months and I thought, oh, this could be the end of my day sort of thing. And uh, I got an opportunity, but only after about a week's training uh, back with the first team. I didn't play a reserve team game, got thrown in. And that was that infamous game at Molyneux, Rob, that you might remember, that we were 3-0 up at half-time, proceeded to lose 4-3. And it was <laughs> upon my return into the first team. <laughs> Safe to say I didn't get Any another opportunity. <laughs> no, exactly. I, I was, well, Mickey Adams and Alan Court, the assistant manager, actually turned around and said, you, you're just not fit enough. And I was like, no, no jokes. <laughs> I've just been out for three months and play, trained for one week, no games, and into the first team. So to say, I didn't cover myself in glory. Neither did a few others that day. But uh, yeah, so it, you know, it, it can it can have a massive effect, not just on your immediate career, but also long term as well. Yeah, I mean, they've got to be more cautious these days about um, flinging players back in after long spells out. I mean, I know um, Siunsu and Nididi are back on the training ground now, training with the, the first team squad. Um, but I can't imagine they'll be playing in the next week or so. I think they'll try and ease no. them in as well, similar to how they're doing with Ricardo. These days, no, they won't take any chances at all. You know, there'd be too many consequences in different quarters. Um, and ultimately, it doesn't serve anyone well. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Uh, one player that had a horrendous injury early in his career... Uh, at Anderlecht before he came and resurrected his career at Leicester and went on to become a Premier League champion. Marcin Vasileski has finally hung up his boots, aged 40, <laughs> um, considering the injury. I mean, I, I watched, <laughs> I'm researching an article uh, on Vasileski, which we'll be uh, publishing soon, and uh, I had to watch the footage again from the challenge from Alex Witzel of Standard Liège. Oh, I tell you, don't watch it on a full stomach. It really is sickening. Really, um, yeah. Like one stage, his foot from <laughs> bounced back up and hit him in his own knee. It was oh. so badly broken. But uh, And they were told, uh, he was told that he probably wouldn't play professional football again, but he did battle back. He's, he's shown so much character, and I think that sums him up. And there's some lovely stories in the article that um, we'll be publishing on the Athletic website soon. And, and on that point, don't forget, our special Black Friday offer is running from this Friday 
Friday for one whole week, you can get yourself a subscription to The Athletic for our best ever price of just £1 a month for 12 months. And you can cancel at any time. Go to theathletic.com forward slash Leicester pod. That's theathletic.com forward slash Leicester pod and pay just £1 a month for 12 months to access our unrivaled city coverage. This offer is for new subscribers only. You can read tales of Vasilevsky eating glass, uh, demonstrating sliding tackles in a pub and very other, very other <laughs> uh, stories from his his career that people have been telling me about. Um, it, I, I look forward all, to reading that article, Rob. Yeah, there's some colourful stuff in there. Yeah, um, quite a character by all accounts. He was. Did you did you meet him when he was at Leicester? Only briefly. When he first signed, actually, just to say hello to pretty much and bumped into him in the, the corridors of the King Power. But, um, yeah, he, was, he sort of gave the impression he was one of those lads that uh, I would have liked to have got to know a little bit better, I think. Oh, absolutely. Um, he was a fantastic trainer. He'd be the first one on the training ground. He'd be in the gym um, before and after training. But also, when he had the opportunity to let his hair down, he certainly did from uh, tales from his uh, former teammates. So uh, but I, I, can remember, <laughs> I can remember a story when he first came to the club, and I never got to interview him all the time he was at the club because he refused to do media. And uh, it was Richie Delat that told me the reason why. It was because when he had that broken leg, that terrible broken leg in Belgium, because of his style of play, which was quite physical, because obviously he wasn't yeah. the most technically gifted player, so he made up for it in, in his, with his physicality. Um, a lot of the Belgian media would say, oh, well, it serves you right sort of thing. That's, um, you know, you if you want to dish it out the way you're doing, then you're going to take it in return sort of thing. And it... And that was, a, and that sort of spoiled it for for everybody. But he first comes to the club, and we did get an opportunity. He was going to come and do a, an interview. And as always the case, the written press wait until after the broadcast have done theirs. And uh, a local radio journalist uh, kicked it off, and we were warned that his English was poor. He was learning English, but it was um, very broken English. Um, and first question he was asked was, um, "So, are you ready for the rigors of the championship?" And he just looked blankly around, as if to say, "What on earth was that all about?" Yeah. So, the question was repeated, but just slower, with the word "rigors" still included, and that was it. He just shook his head and walked off. I didn't get a chance to speak to him. He was like <laughs> a, a Polish tank; he was unstoppable as he went out the room. And that was the closest I ever came to to uh, interviewing Vas- Vasilevsky. I'd love to do it one day. It'd be on my uh, my bucket list, I think, of uh, journalistic uh, interviews to get. But uh, a really colourful character. Yeah, and he was popular with his teammates as well, by all accounts. And uh, I've heard a few stories, sort of. <laughs> on the grapevine of, of his antics away from the football pitch as well. But a little bit of a cult hero as well, wasn't he, on the pitch? As well. uh, you know, supporters always enjoyed his style. Sort of reminded me a little bit of, um, in my days, Jerry Taggart's sort of a relationship with, with the supporters. They always used to sort of a little sharp intake of breath as he went colliding into challenges. And Vasilevsky was somewhat similar as well, wasn't he? And... Um, I mean, that's testament to his character, you say, about the injury that he received there. It sounds horrific. And that battled on to 40 years of age and still playing. Yeah. Because you assume probably, you know, he'd reached the pinnacle with Leicester City, hadn't he? You know, being a, a part of the, the title-winning squad, which no one could have foreseen. And what would he have been, 35, 36 at that time, wouldn't he? And you think, mm. perhaps my time is done. You know, go away, go away and out to pasture. But no, he still battled on with just his pure love of the game, um, you know, whatever level it was. And uh, yeah, he's a big character and um, we'll have to be with intrigue and interest to see how his, uh, the rest of his career develops. This episode is supported by Season 3 of FX's Welcome to Wrexham. 
Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher division. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenges and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. Premieres May 2nd on FX. Stream on Hulu. Hello, I'm Ian McIntosh, and despite literally spending months of my life playing football manager, I'm still terrible at it. That's why I'm launching The Football Manager Show, the latest podcast from The Athletic. Every week, I'll speak to the people who know the game best, the people who make the game. We'll take a proper look at things like training, recruitment and tactics. We'll try to answer your questions. We'll do everything we can to keep you eager to play just one more game and altogether less inclined to quit without saving. The era of Cherno and Tonton and dear sweet Michael Duff is over. The new football manager is bigger, better, more challenging than ever. And I need some help. If you do too, you can subscribe now. Just look for the Football Manager Show by The Athletic, wherever you get all your other podcasts. It starts in November, and knowing my track record, I'll be unemployed by December. It must have been a very difficult decision to finally say, OK, enough's enough now. I mean, certainly having battled back uh, from that injury, it showed how much he loved playing football. But what's it like when it's finally over? Because all you've known all your, your life from a child all the way through is football, 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 playing, training. And then you get to a stage where you know it's up. You've got to hang up the boots. You've got to put the nail in them. What was that like for you, Matt? It's a difficult time, difficult period. And much has been spoken about, particularly in recent times about you know the aftercare if you like for want of a better word when when players do do retire because um there's a lot of people a lot of players that certainly that i know and myself included found it difficult uh, for one reason and another uh, it's a bit of a quandary period really because it, I mean, saying Vasilevsky's case, there's 40 years of age. You must be thinking, right, enough's enough. But then when you've done it for, for argument's sake, 35 years of your life, it's hard to give up. Um, not that you have to give it up totally, of course, but certainly you can't do things how you used to. I was 36. Uh, in my instance, it, it's it sort of just chipped away at me and slowly dawned on me. I mean, you know that you're going to have to pack in at some stage, even though you're in denial. But even so, you always think, Oh, I'll nick another year or two, even if it means dropping down a division or so, maybe, which is what I felt I could do. I was 36 at Leicester. I still thought I was capable of playing, certainly in the championship, um, for a couple of years or so. I never had pace anyway, so I sort of learned to adapt with, you know, without that. I did all the rehab in the gym work to try and get it, uh, my knee back to somewhere close to how it was. And I went out. I, I trained for three months solid in the gym to strengthen it up, went out and would, I was okay one day and then the next day we did some sprints and I realised then I was even further behind than usual <laughs> and uh, there was no way I could train at that level or play at that level anymore. It's quite cold and calculating when you leave though because I do remember a quick little example of, of what can happen. So bear in mind, I'd been at Leicester for over eight years as it turned out. Um, I had to settle an agreement with with the club and the football well the premier league or the, the fa sorry uh, regarding 
termination of my contract Rutgers still had six months to go and rather than just sit there and you know and see it through to the summer um we concluded proceedings between myself Andrew Neville the, the secretary at the club and, and the FA and it was back in the days of a fax so I'm sat in the canteen at Beaver Road training ground um and in the in the canteen there's all pictures of all current players up on the wall Andy Neville says, Matt, can you just wait there 15 minutes while I, I sort things out? I was like, yeah, yeah, no problem, no problem. Next minute, I look round, and a fellow called Ian, who was, um, he was, he was sort, of, sort of the DIY man at the training ground, and all of a sudden I heard a squeak. Was like, ee, ee, ee. I looked up, and there he was, taking my photo down already. <laughs> that had cold. been up there for eight years uh, at the training ground. I looked up at Ian. I haven't even left the building yet, mate. Come on, do me a favour. He's like, oh, sorry, Matt, I didn't realise. But Dilly, who's the lady who helped help washing the kits, she said that you said she could have your, your photo when you left. I said, well, yeah, that's fine, but let me leave at least, will you? <laughs> so slightly embarrassed. But you realise there how quick, you know, I was sort of quite a part of proceedings for eight years, then all of a sudden, bang, termination, see you later, Matt, and you're gone. And it's... You know, it's sort of not into the abyss, but it's into the unknown. And it can be hard to deal with. Their losses are gain, Matt, because you're here on the, the podcast <laughs> doing this on a weekly basis, still talking Leicester City. And uh, we, we love having you on the show as well. So thank you very much, Matt. Thank you very much to uh, to all you listeners out there. Don't forget the Black Friday deal as well. And join us again next week on 5000 to 1.